it is a psalm for us to understand the the reality of it. And one of the dangers is <clears throat> is familiarity that oh yeah, Psalm twenty three. Yeah, I know Psalm twenty three. <clears throat> and indeed we do, but it does us well to come back and look at the truths that are here. And today. We're going to look briefly at this aspect that the Lord is my shepherd. <coughs> but then we're going to look at an aspect of this um, from our perspective. But first, let's look at this aspect. The Lord is my shepherd. You notice, you notice how personal this is. I mean... It's not the Lord is a shepherd. The Lord personally shepherds every one of us. Um, we're hindered in our understanding of this because um, most of us aren't familiar with um, the shepherds and the sheep of the Middle Eastern style of things. And at the time of this writing, at the time then also of Christ, um, the shepherds intimately and personally knew every one of their sheep. They would um, bring their sheep down in the evening from the hillsides, and communities would have a community fold in which... um, Many different shepherds would bring their sheep into that fold for the night. And there would be one individual that would be at the door of that. The other shepherds would would go their way and um, sleep for the night. And And the next morning, the shepherd would come. He would call his sheep. His sheep would respond to their shepherd. They would get up, go to the door, and follow him out the door. But every evening, when he led his sheep into the fold, he would personally examine the sheep. He would see if they'd received any cuts. He intimately knew the sheep. He knew every marking. He knew every detail. They would examine their sheep. They would put them in there in the fold at night. And the next morning they would go and retrieve their sheep and take them out to the hillside, to the pasture. And they personally knew these sheep. We sometimes get the idea that God so loved the world that he loved the world as a unit. No, God so loved you. The Lord is my shepherd. He knows every marking on your body. He knows every hair that is on your head. He personally is acquainted with you. He he knows more about you than you do about yourself. He knows the, um, the design that he put in you, what he designed you for. He knows what makes you tick. He knows what ticks you off. He knows every detail about you. 
And he doesn't just lead us, all right, Christians, follow me. No, he personally leads us. This is, you, you can't get any more personal than this. Satan wants you to believe that you're just one of masses and, and you're just going along with the other Christians and let's all say together, the Lord is my shepherd. No, it is a personal leading in your life. We, we sang the song earlier today, and if you noticed, all of them were about shepherding, but all the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I doubt his tender mercy? Who through life has been my guide? I don't know if you noticed who wrote this song. This song was written by Fanny Crosby. This song was written by, as many of you know, the story of Fanny Crosby. Um, She had a sickness, and to make a long story short... She was given the wrong medicine for her eyes, and it blinded her from a baby on. But she understood, through the teaching of her grandmother and mother, she understood that the Lord is my shepherd, and rather than feeling sorry for herself all her life, they didn't allow her to do that. They taught her that God is leading me, and she wrote, thousands of songs, and we have many of them in our hymn book. And she wrote, For I know what e'er befalls me, Jesus doeth all things well. Here's a girl that could have been bitter all her life. But she said, Wait a minute, I understand the shepherd, and he is personally ministering in my life. The Lord is my shepherd. It is, <coughs> it is personal. It, you cannot get any more personal than this. And the reality that he knows us and he still loves us and he wants to minister in our life. The Lord is my shepherd. But then he gives a promise to meet every need. And the, and the psalmist said, I shall not want. He meets my needs. Verse 2, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He promises to provide rest. He leads me beside still water. He promises to provide peace. And as I said, we're not going to spend a lot of time. This is just a a matter of review. (coughs) But he goes on and says, he meets all my needs. He meets physical needs, mental needs, spiritual needs. He meets all my needs. This is what the psalmist is saying. And and the reality was it was personal. And he says, he restoreth my soul. In this life, there are many things that undermine and destroy our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Sin devastates our souls, but the shepherd restores it. And only the shepherd can restore. He restores our soul, verse 3, and he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's not about me, it's for him. Then he says, verse 4, 
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He conquers fear. Having the Lord, understanding the Lord is my shepherd, and walking and resting in that truth should help us to conquer fear in our life. Even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we'll fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil in the presence of his enemies. He was able to understand God's taking care of me and providing me. Anointing the head with oil, the shepherd would do this to, to keep the pests and flies and, and diseases from their sheep. He provides protection for us. And then verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He makes us objects of his special care. God daily loads on us goodness and mercies, and they'll follow us all the days of our life. There's a little song that says, Surely goodness from this, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days, all the days of my life. When when I was a, a teenager, we had... Um, uh, a little family in the church, and and they had three girls, and they got up to sing the song, Surely Goodness and Mercy, and the littlest girl sang it out loud, Surely goodness and mercy shall fall all over me. You know what? I've remembered that ever since, and, and that's really what happens. God's goodness and mercy falls all over us. You're a special object of his special care. And then we rest in the fact, (coughs) and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That we know that we'll have eternity with him when the Lord is our shepherd. It is so important that we come to grips with this, that it's God that's at work in my life, that it's God that's leading, that he promises to meet every every need, that he'll provide rest and peace and comfort and restoration and give us victory over fear and so on. All of those because the Lord is my shepherd. A shepherd feeds, a shepherd leads, a shepherd protects, and in him we find it all. I don't know who wrote this. I couldn't find, otherwise I'd give him credit, but let me just quickly share with you. They wrote this, the Lord is my shepherd, that's a relationship. I shall not want, that's supply. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, that's rest. He leadeth me beside still water, that's refreshment. He restoreth my soul, that's healing. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness, that's guidance. For his name's sake, that's purpose. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that's testing. I will fear no evil, that's protection. 
for thou art with me. That's faithfulness. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's discipline. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. That's hope. Thou anointest (coughs) my head with oil. That's consecration. My cup runneth over. That's abundance. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's blessing. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. That's security. Forever. That's eternity. Do you understand? They said he sends us flowers every spring and a sunrise every morning. Whenever you want to talk, he'll listen. He he could live anywhere in the universe, but he chose to live in your heart. The reality is the Lord is my shepherd. But I want to turn our thought today to the aspect there's no questioning the character of the Lord as our shepherd. But what kind of sheep are we? How to be good sheep. And I'll show you my lack of English. What I thought I was going to write, how to be a good is sheep, singular and plural. It just didn't sound right to me. How to be a good sheep. It sounds plural to me. I'm just telling you, you you know, I'm kind of like the guy that in school couldn't get the plurals, you know. And so they'd illustrate it, and they'd ask the smart kid in the class, Brian Reagan is the one that said this, you know. And they said, um, Alvin, the smart A student, teach them the, the plurals. And what's the plural of ox? And Alvin said, oxen. Okay, Brian. What's the plural of the plural of box? Oh, uh, boxing. No, Brian, are you an idiot? Apparently, you know. Um, sometimes we struggle with English and terms like that. Um, and I struggled with. Is it? I didn't struggle long because I don't. I don't struggle long with those things. Okay. So I thought I'll just ask you people out there. And you're thinking, what are you, an idiot? Apparently, I don't mind being an idiot either. You know, you got to embrace who you are, all right? So how to be a good sheep. That's right English, right? See, the question is not, is the Lord going to be a good shepherd? You can, you can count on that. The question is, what kind of sheep are we? Of course, first off, you must be born into God's flock. I mean, 90% of the funerals say, the Lord is my shepherd. God is not the shepherd to 90% of the world. He is not the shepherd to everyone. He is the creator of everyone. But you must be born into God's family. You must be born into God's flock. John told Nicodemus, you must be born again. 
There was a time when you were born physically, but there must be a time that you are born spiritually where you call upon God for the forgiveness of sins. (coughs) And he sends his spirit and quickens us and gives us spiritual life. And then (coughs) we become sheep of his pasture. We become a member of his flock. Then we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. We're a member (coughs) of his flock. And there's only one door, one way into that fold. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So we must be born into God's flock. And then secondly, to be a good sheep. We must know the shepherd. We said all these sheep from many different flocks would be in the fold, and the shepherd would come and he would speak, and his sheep would follow him. They knew their shepherd. Before we can reliably know and understand God's will, we must know God himself. And if you want to be a good, you know, this is why you don't read your Bible just because it's a good discipline. You read your Bible to know the shepherd so that you know, oh, this is... This is how the shepherd is, and this is who the shepherd is, and this is how I can trust him and rest in him. I know my shepherd. Jeremiah chapter 9 and verse 23 said, Don't let the rich man glory in his riches, or the wise man glory in his wisdom, or the strong man glory in his strength. Why, what happens to all of those? The riches disappear, the wisdom is gone, the strength is gone. But he said, but let him that glories, glory in this. Glory in the fact that he knows God. If you want to be a good sheep, you need to give yourself to knowing God. And and the Apostle Paul said, that I may know him, my desire. So it's, it's, you get up and you read the Bible and it's not just, okay, I read my Bible. God, I'm reading the Bible because I want to know you. I want to know, um, the direction. I want to know your spirit. I want to know your heart. I want to know your will and your way. So to be a good sheep, you need to know the shepherd. Thirdly, you need to listen only to his voice. There would be sheep in the fold, but they only had an ear for the voice of their shepherd. John chapter 10 and verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Whose voices are you giving an ear to? How much do you give an ear to God's voice? Listen only to his voice. (coughs) 
It's the only voice that matters. What does God say about this? What is God's mind about this? <coughs> my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Not only listen only to his voice, but and to develop that habit, God, I want to know your mind. I want to know your will. I want to know your ways, and to manifest that in, in how we do things. And then we, we want the voice of God. My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. Then immediately obey what he says. This is what God said. So this is what I need to do. Bad sheep hear the voice of God argue with it, and go their own way. So in reality, they may be a member of God's flock, but they are not letting God shepherd them. The problem is not God is not leading. He's provided where they need to go, what they need to do. He's provided to meet their needs, but they've gone a separate direction. Immediately obey what he says. We mentioned this morning about Praying for strangers in Sunday school. And, and we'll have opportunities where God will prompt us. Here, this is the person I want you to pray for. And we'll go, oh, that can't be right. And we'll wrestle with it. Good sheep say, I don't know, it doesn't seem right to me. But if that's your voice, I'm obeying it. The reality of my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. You think, picture in your mind what it must be like. Get a picture of Jesus Christ the shepherd leading, and can you get a picture of where all these sheep are going, where all of us are going? Or are we loyal and faithfully committed wherever my eye is on the shepherd? If you want to be a good sheep, you have to know the dangers of being without a shepherd. I don't mean just being without Christ. You may be a member of his flock but you're off wandering on your own and the dangers of being without the protection of the shepherd. We mentioned the shepherd will protect us. He's not protecting us when he's led us out to this way and we've headed down this this uh, little slope and ended up down here. He can't protect us from the lion that's down there. And he says... Be vigilant, be vigilant and sober because your adversary as a lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Do you understand? None of us can stand on our own. And we ought to be saying, we ought to be scared little sheep. I need you, shepherd. I'm not getting far away from you. I need you. Why? Because the lies of Satan, the devices of Satan, the tricks of Satan are more than any of us can handle. 
and we need to be aware of the dangers. We get busy going our own way, doing our own thing, and all of a sudden you look up, where's the shepherd? Where's the flock? And right away the coyotes are gathering around you. And the lions are getting ready to lurk upon you. And look around the world today. Look around in Christianity today. And you're seeing things that are happening over and over again because we've quit following the shepherd. And we've gone our own way. And understand the dangers that are there that it is impossible. So what happens? We go our own way and the shepherd comes down and he gets us, you know, he reaches down in the crevice and pulls us out and, and you know, he takes us back to the flock. And a good sheep doesn't pout when he's corrected. You know, it's, it's pretty evident when a little kid's pouting. And and we used to always, to make them aware of it, sing that Pat song, the poochy lip will get you if you don't look out, you know, kids pout, you know, and stick out the lip and go on in all kinds of different ways. We as adults are much more cultured than that, you know. We don't pout in that way. We pout in, nobody appreciated what I did, so I'm never going to do anything again. That's how we pout. We pout in many, many ways. I can't do anything right, so I guess I won't do it at all. Well, that's a mature attitude, isn't it? Face it, we're all, he called the sheep for a reason, because sheep are are ignorant, defenseless animals, and we all need corrected. And and don't let our pride get in our way and and pout <coughs> and, and be focused on self. When God corrects us, whom the Lord loves, He disciplines. He said, "Count it all joy when you enjoy." And endure the discipline of the Lord. It proves you are a child of His. It proves you are a member of His flock. Don't concern yourself with what the other sheep do. If you want to be a good sheep, don't concern yourself with what the other sheep do. You know what? Your one responsibility is to follow the shepherd. And if the other sheep aren't following it doesn't matter. Or maybe they are following, but the shepherd is leading them in a different path. Don't, don't get concerned about what others doing. It's have your eyes on the shepherd. It's me and the shepherd. Fanny Crosby could have said, could have pouted what happened in her life. Could have spent her whole life being bitter. I don't know why this had to happen to me. Look at that person. They're not very spiritual, and they have their eyes, and they can see, but I don't. Don't concern yourself with what he has other sheep doing or not doing. Number one, you don't know what he's asking them to do. It's out of your control. 
it is in your control that you follow the shepherd. And then number eight, reproduce. To be a good sheep, it need, means you need to reproduce other sheep. People don't, people don't, a shepherd doesn't keep a flock and all of them are barren. It won't be long, he won't have a flock. And the reality is, God has called us into his flock and he wants us as sheep, as Christians, to reproduce other Christians. Our life ought to be such that it ends up planting and watering and other Christians, other people, are brought to Christ as a result of our life. You can't read the Bible without noticing... God is concerned about reproduction. He says, I want you to bear fruit. I don't want you to just bear fruit. I want you to bear much fruit. And the reason I'm pruning you and the reason I'm bringing these things into your life is so that I will be glorified through much fruit. Think of your life. Has there, has there been any reproduction of Christ in your life, in others' lives? Has your life been used to... Help bring others to Christ. God doesn't want us just to, to dutifully follow him and keep his rules. He wants us to do that so that we'll be healthy and that we can reproduce, as we <coughs> mentioned in Sunday school this morning, so that we can go have an impact and an influence and, and make a difference our individual life. So, here's what I want you to do today. You're, you're at God's County Fair today, and they just led you out into the ring. And you're judging what kind of sheep you are today. So you take a look at those eight things, and you say, where do I need to begin to be a better sheep for God. There's no question about our shepherd. He's going to fulfill his promises. He's going to do everything he said there. The problem is not with God. The problem is with us. The problem, our world isn't like it is today because God's quit shepherding. The world is like it is today is because we've quit following. Christianity isn't messed up like it is today because what happened to our shepherd? Nope, our shepherd has not changed. He is perfect in all his ways. It's messed up because we've quit being good sheep. I hear his voice (coughs) and I obey it. Do you really know the shepherd? When's the last time you really knew the voice of God, what he was saying to you? And and did you obey it? Maybe you maybe right now it's coming to your mind. You know what? I know God asked me to do this and I didn't do it. You can become you can get back in line with the shepherd by going back and saying, "God, this is what you asked me to do. I didn't do it." And now I'm coming back to obey you. He's a merciful shepherd. He's, he, 
He'll pick you up and love on you and say, I'm so thankful that you learned and let's go and make this right and do it right. Some of us, not purposely, but in our independent spirit, we've gone our own way and we haven't even realized the dangers that we're already in. And we need to come back in repentance and say, God, I want my eyes fixed only on you. I want to be a good sheep for you. Some of you have been pouting for years because life didn't go the way you thought it should. And you're not willing to let God shepherd you. And you need to come and bow before the shepherd and say, God, forgive me all the way my Savior leads me. Whatever befalls me, I know he doeth all things well. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being bad and 10 being the highest, what kind of sheep would you rate yourself as? (coughs) Honestly, where would you put yourself on a scale of 1 to 10? And then, what is one thing you can do to become a better sheep? What is the one thing you can do to become a better member of God's flock? If you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm not sure I'm even in God's flock. Before you leave, would you mention that to me today and I'd be happy to meet with you and show you from the Bible how to receive new life as a member of God's flock. So, While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want you to get in your mind one thing you can do to become a better sheep. And what are you going to do about it? It's too easy for us to leave here today and forget about it. There's no question the Lord is our shepherd, but what kind of sheep are we? Heavenly Father, I pray that you would cause us 
to have a renewed reality of this shepherd and sheep relationship. And Lord, (coughs) I pray for every believer here today that we would know the one thing that your Spirit wants us to do to take the next step to be the type of sheep you want us to be. And Lord, I pray that as you, Terry, and we live, that each day we would become better sheep for your glory. Lord, I pray if there are individuals here today that are not sure they are a member of your flock, I pray today they would settle that before they leave by calling unto you for the forgiveness of sin. Lord, we can never thank you enough for your shepherding care. Even when we have been unfaithful sheep, you are faithful in your shepherding. I praise you for that. And Lord, I praise you that you will be faithful till the end. May this day and this week we each take a step of action to be the type of sheep you want us to be. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God promised that